0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose, so we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, you know, our heart is global, and uh, we invest all around the world uh, through Kingdom Builders. and. We have a guest today with us today, Chadwick Mohan, and uh, he is now the lead pastor of the church there in Chennai that his father started, and he's a friend of ours, friend of our church. We actually helped him start one of his campuses in the IT area. He said, we need a new, fresh, young campus uh, for those that are in the IT world. Could you help us do that? So we helped do that. And they also, along with his father, they came up with an idea that there are so many people in India we need to start these house churches. And they said, we've just got to do it. We, we could never start enough buildings, but we need more churches, and so we need more house churches. And they came up with an idea to start churches, and it costs $100 each. And I want to let you know that in the last six years, River Valley has invested 600000 in that. That means 6,000 churches. Yeah, we've started. 1,600 alone with their church. And they let me preach at one of them. I think we have a picture of when I was there in India. Yeah, that's a picture of the house church there. And uh, it was, that was the one that when I was going there to preach, they said, welcome to our home. Let's go to the upper room. And I was like, upper room? That's like in the Bible, you know. So they've got 1,600 of those just with their church. But their vision is to plant um, 30,000 of them. And then start another 30,000, and their church is so large, put it in perspective, like our room holds 1,300, theirs holds 4,000. And as I preached there, they had 4,000 here, they had 2,000 on the next floor, 1,000 on the next one, 1,000 on the next and as soon as I said amen, 4,000 people went out the exits that way, and 4,000 people started coming into the auditorium for the next service. You don't get a break. You say amen, and the worship team gets ready to start the next worship service. That's the church that they have. And uh, when I was over there, they had a 1,700, a 5,000. I mean, he'll tell you a little bit about what they're planning to build. But I just want to put it in perspective. You don't, we don't have a clue how big India is. America is about 332 million. India is now the biggest nation in the world, 1.32 billion. So there are a billion people more than us. And I tried to do the math. We were having fun with this before service. I said, if every pregnancy in America from this day forward was triplets, and she just went, oh, Lord. If every birth in America was triplets, not an individual child, but triplets, it would take America 117 years of births to catch the size of India if they didn't grow a single person. This country is massive. We need to do more there. And we're delighted that we get to partner with Chadwick Mohan, his family, his whole team in the church. And can you welcome to River Valley Church Chadwick (laughs) Mohan as he brings the word today.
1: Thank you, church. Thank you. You may be seated in God's presence. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of Jesus? If you are, would you shout a big hallelujah? hallelujah. Man, can you shout even louder hallelujah. hallelujah? I mean, I'm so excited to be amongst you. And thank you, Pastor Rob and the family and River Valley Church for investing so much into our lives and into India. And I want each and every one of you to continue to pray for this nation people, people, people everywhere. And I believe that if we begin to pray and if we begin to send, if we begin to invest into the lives of people, God would save uh, this nation of India. And one of the beautiful things that's gonna to happen to this nation is that India its land mass does not have enough space. So the 1.3 billion people cannot be accommodated in the space that of the landmass of India, and therefore we're gonna send all of them to United States of America. Please keep the doors open. I brought two of them into the church here. But I want to see a lot more right here. And God is going to bring once again a big revival upon this nation. Because every investment that you are going to invest into the rest of the world is going to be pressed down, multiplied, shaken together, and running over into this nation. And this nation will be blessed now because of what this nation has done. And this church will continue to do what God has called you to do. Amen? Just to give you a little perspective of what's happening in Chennai, India. We have a little pictures and Pastor Rob said, please show them. Off to our church, and so so I have a picture of the present building. Do we have okay? That's our inside. Okay, that's what Pastor Rob was talking. Four thousand five hundred people, one service, and then they go out. So we start at five a.m. and we go five times in the morning, then four thirty in the evening, and six thirty in the evening. So we have nine campuses and thirty-two times of meeting over the weekend with five language services, and that's where. We worship, okay? And so that's the building from the outside. This is the present uh, building that we are in, the main campus. But we are building another campus with 25,000 seater, And uh, that's the picture that uh, we have and uh, the foundations have been laid and God is really helping us build this location and we will have a prayer tower, a counseling center which is standing by the side from where we can view the entire city and we can continue to pray for the world. Amen. And so, Truly request each and every one of you to carry this in your heart to continue to pray for this nation of India. This nation will be washed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's go into the Word of God this morning and I want you to turn your attention to Ecclesiastes and chapter 2 and verses 4 down to 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verses 4 down to 11. I know this is a long passage and I want you to give careful attention because King Solomon, one of the wisest kings on the face of the earth, the richest man on the face of the earth, writes, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself, planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also own. more more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well. The delights of a man's heart I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself, nothing my eyes decide. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Nothing. This morning, the word is for this nation. This word is for the churches of this nation. I know that we have actually moved into the grace of God, into the salvation. And we all have come to this wonderful church. And sometimes, we can do Sunday to Sunday, come to our services. But on a Monday through Saturday, we toil so much and we do so much. What are we chasing after? Where are we running? There's nobody on the face of the earth who's actually chased wind and has caught up with wind. Because at the end of the ages... There shouldn't be a regret in your heart. There shouldn't be a thought in your mind when you come and sit down and say, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Nothing gained under the sun. And several years later, there was a saint called Paul. And he says to his son Timothy, Timothy, listen to this. In First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, with godliness, with contentment is great gain. On one side, there's nothing gained. But on the other side, there is great gain. River Valley, are you listening to us this morning? This morning, the word of God comes to you to say, hey, you got to pursue great gain. Do not pursue nothingness. How do we pursue great gain? Paul reminds his son Timothy who is in the church at Ephesus and he tells uh, Timothy, Timothy, hey, we got to remind ourselves every day of our life that we bring nothing into this world and we take nothing out of it. There's no baby that is formed in the mother's womb and has come out of this world with something in its hands. Nothing. You came with nothing. One of the most important Nodal events of my life that shaped my thoughts and my feelings and my emotion and about my life itself was early on in ministry I was doing a burial service of an old, old mother and I called the son who lived in Canada and he said I'm waiting for cheap tickets to come for his mother's funeral. He came four days later, took the body to the funeral place to bury and the son arrived straight from the, from the airport and I thought he would cry, he didn't cry. And then when I was about to close the coffin, he said, one minute, pastor. I thought he's going to bend down, kiss his mother goodbye. But what he did there changed my life forever. He bent down and unscrewed the diamond-studded earrings of his mother. And he looked into my face. That face I would never forget. He signaled, now you may bury. I closed that coffin box. I lowered it down and I said "Nobody's going to love anything to come with me after my death. Alexander the Great said put my hands out of the coffin box so that the world will know. So that the world will know. Alexander the Great fought many battles. He had horses and men. But when he left the earth he went with nothing. Rockefeller Sr., the assets manager, at uh, the debt was asked, uh, how much did Rockefeller leave behind? He said, everything, sir, everything, everything. There's nothing you bring into this world. There's nothing you're going to take away. And we got to live with that thought in mind. But pastor, Between birth and death, there's so many things that I need to pay for. I need to pay for education. I need to pay for gas. I got to pay for my house. I got to pay for my mortgage. Nothing is free. Somebody fights a battle somewhere and I got to pay more gas fee. (laughs) So who will pay for me? I want you to turn your attention to what Paul says to his son, Timothy, who's in Ephesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. And I want you to underline that is so uncertain. I'm coming to that. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Did you... Note that. This God, whose name is Jehovah Jireh, who provided for Abraham when he was actually confronted with the situation of whether he need to offer his son, I said, stop, I am Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider, who provided Abraham, who provided Isaac, who provided Jacob, who provided Joseph, who provided the people of Israel in the wilderness. He is a God who will provide River Valley, who will provide every." family seated here, because his name is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He is our provider. And therefore, do not worry, because you're not brought anything into this world, and you're not going to take anything out of this world, but everything in between that, your father in heaven. If you as an earthly father know how to give good gifts to your own children, you who are evil know how to do that. How much more your heavenly father. And therefore cast all your burdens on him. For he cares for you this morning. He cares for you. How many of you believe that education will be paid for? For he cares for me. Amen. That hospital bill will be paid for. The insurance that I need to get will be paid for. Why? Because I have Jehovah. Jaira, who richly provides for my, not just needs, for my enjoyment. Thirdly, we got to stop evaluating others and ourselves based on wealth. Because that's how the world thinks. People assess based on what car you drive, what clothes you wear, what you carry, which part of the town you live. And because the world system and the value of the world system is that, we actually evaluate ourselves and our worth based on things, on where we live, What we possess. That's the world system. Because the system of the world is operated by mammon. And therefore, our world system is such that that even we evaluate our worth based on things. And I want you to know, wealth is so uncertain. Turn to someone and say, wealth is so uncertain. Is it okay to talk to one another? Is it okay? In this church, you don't look at one another? or <laughs> Come on, look at someone and say, wealth is so uncertain. Is that okay to extend that so a little more? The wealth is so uncertain. I've seen in this 25 years being... In ministry, I've seen some of them, the wealthiest people, becoming absolutely nothing. Because yeah. just one night, everything changed. And I've seen people who are absolutely nothing become everything. Yeah. Wealth is so uncertain. In 2016, I experienced something. I had 100 pounds when I came. Out of the airport after I visited London, went to my house. Okay, I said, okay, I'm gonna put this hundred pounds in, and the valuation of one pound to Indian rupees was 96. And so I said, Okay, I have ninety-six thousand rupees. And I just slept for four to five hours because I was a little tired. I slept. But that morning somebody decided that UK had to leave European Union. Yeah. Brexit, they said. I, I didn't want them to leave. Well, they left. But because they left, my 96 rupees for each pound suddenly became 67 rupees. While I was just sleeping, 30 rupees went somewhere. I was searching for it. I couldn't find it. Wealth is so uncertain. Do not base your life on wealth. Are you listening? You didn't bring anything. You're not going to take anything. In between, everything is provided by this Father in heaven. Wealth is so uncertain, so don't base your value and your worth on wealth. Base your value on your Father and you being His son and daughter because you are much, much, much worthy. Fourthly, those who have pursued wealth, they've ended up in disasters. That's what Paul said to to his son Timothy. And he said, hey, tell the people in Ephesus, and this morning I've come to tell the people at River Valley, We must realize that love of money and pursuit of riches is disastrous. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires, that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money. Everyone, read this together. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many, many griefs. Stop pursuing money. Money will come. Money is not a problem with Jesus. In fact, he wants to hand over money to faithful people who would become channels of God's resources. And River Valley is one of the churches that God would continue to invest in because the faithfulness in channelizing it to the rest of the world. Money is not the problem. But the root, that love, that lust, that pursuit, That wanting to go after money is a problem because it will end you up in disaster. Listen, you didn't bring anything into this world. You are not going to take anything. But anything in between, your father is providing. Do not evaluate yourself and others based on wealth. Wealth is so uncertain. And do not run after wealth. But you got to hit contentment, Paul says. You got to hit contentment. And it's a learned behavior. It is not a gift given. I wish that at the end of the service I can bring you and lay hands on you and say, contentment, contentment. That's something that I struggle with. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. And Paul says, we must understand that contentment is a learned behavior. We must perceive you in practicing. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content in whatever yeah. circumstances. And therefore, I need to train myself to uncomplicate my life. Make it simple. Bracket of your life. Make it Simple. At one point, you can say, enough. This is enough for me. Because generosity rises up yes. when simplicity is mixed enough with contentment. And it swells up with rich generosity. Yes. And then, you are no longer a person that is a consumer, but you Are a person who is a contributor to somebody else. Are you listening this morning? If you're listening, would you wave out your hands and wow, man, everyone's listening this morning? You bring nothing, take nothing. In between, you are provided. You don't evaluate anything based on wealth because it's so uncertain and you don't pursue after wealth but you hit contentment. But this is the most important thing that I want you to capture, River Valley. That the kingdom of God is of great value. The kingdom of God is of great value. The kingdom is something that you're not able to touch, feel, and experience now in the fullest form. But I want you to know that there needs to be a revelation that needs to be dropped down deep into your heart. And I pray that the Spirit of God would take the value of the kingdom and drop it deep into your spirit this morning. May you capture it. May you, may you, may you take it in. Because Jesus says, In Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 to 46, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Not the things of this world, not the money of this world, not the cars of this world, not the houses of this world, not the best of the best of the best of the clothes of this world. But I want you to know that the kingdom is of great value. If you ask me, what's the kingdom? The simplest, I know it's not as simple, but the simplest way by which I can explain to you the kingdom is kingdom is about people and the world is about things. Kingdom is about people and the world is about things. Yes. Yes. Are you listening? Because people are eternal beings. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they come to Christ or not, they are eternal beings. If they come to Christ, they would be with Him forever. If they didn't come to Christ, they will be without Him forever. Is hell without Him? Is hell with heaven? Is with Him to be with Him. And that's what you and I are engaged. That's what River Valley is engaged in. It's about the kingdom. It's about people. This is of great value. It's not just valuable for this earth. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. Are you listening? It's forever. It's forever. It's forever. May you capture this ever in your heart. And because I know that I bring nothing and I take nothing. Because I know everything in between for this world will be provided. Because I know I don't have to evaluate life according to wealth. Because wealth is uncertain. Because I know that the pursuit of wealth is going to be disastrous. Because I know I need to hit contentment. Because I know the kingdom is of great value. The spirit of God is asking river value. River valley... Would you radically reprioritize your life to build his kingdom? I know you have a wonderful, wonderful name to your entire project of what you do, Kingdom Builders. That's what I'm asking. But it requires a radical repositioning of your life, a radical repositioning, a radical reprioritization. And that is what the spirit is asking. Man, he wants space in your schedule. He just does not want your Sunday 9 o'clock to ten fifteen. No, he wants it all. He does not want some money that you give. He wants it all. In fact, he's saying, if I have you, I have it all. If I have you, I have it all. If I can have you, I have all of your time. If I can have you, I have your family. If I can have you, I have your car. If I can have you, I have your home. Yeah, yeah. Your home with him can change that street. Your home with him can change the entire locality. Because you are the light, you are the soul, you are the change, you are the transformation. That is what the spirit wants. He wants you. And that requires a radical repositioning, a radical reprioritization. Are you listening? Jesus says, give it all in, give it all out. Luke chapter 9 verse 24 to 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? In 1 Timothy in Chapter 6, and verse 17 to 19, Paul says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain. You will never take hold of the wind. But Christ is calling you to take hold of life. That which is truly life. With every eyes closed. Every head bowed down. Saying God. the Spirit, would you just lift your hands and allow the Spirit. If you want to stand to your feet, just stand. Everyone standing and just opening up your arms towards this God and surrender and say, God, drop this revelation of the value of the kingdom. Because the moment I I capture it, everything begins to change. Maybe sometimes I'm making my own efforts is not helping, but would you drop this revelation of the value of your kingdom. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help me with this radical reprioritization of my life. I'm going to invite Pastor Rob. Would you please come, Pastor?
0: I'm just believing this is a a reawakening and a recommitment to what we said at the beginning of the year, which was take ground, that we want to take ground, that we just don't want to sit back passively and, and let life just dictate what's happening. But we're saying, God, we take a posture to advance your kingdom. We take a posture to make a difference. We take a posture to take ground. And we're not just going to sit back and respond to whatever comes our way. We're actually going to go out and be active in what you want us to do. And we said at the beginning of the year we'd reprioritize and we would take ground. We would go after it. And I'm praying right now, and I want to pray over you. I want to ask Chadwick to pray over the church that we would take ground, that we would reprioritize and make his kingdom, our Lord's kingdom, the focus, and we'd reprioritize all over this place and at all of our campuses. Could you stand if you're not standing and join us? I want us to pray that we'd reprioritize to be about the kingdom and about taking ground and about moving forward for his glory And right now, so if you receive this, you want to take ground put a hand up in the air, at least one, put two up, and receive this as Chadwick prays over us.
1: Jesus, hallelujah. Everyone lifting up your hands and everyone just saying, Lord, I want to take hold, I want to take ground. Everyone say this, take hold. I want to take hold of life, and I want to take ground. Father, I want to take hold of life that is truly life, and I want to take ground, and I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in River Valley this morning. I pray that the Spirit of God once again will be blown upon us fresh spirit of the living God flow flow, flow afresh on us oh Father and I pray that you will rekindle our hearts rekindle our hearts oh Father renew our minds oh Lord God reposition where we are I pray that there will be no slack, there will be no laziness, there will be no oh Father falling back on the commitments. and I pray that we will press on, press on oh Father to take hold of that which is life to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of this church, taken hold of families, taken hold of individuals and I pray that we will press on towards this upward call and I thank you Father, there is a clear line of battle and there is a battle cry and a battle call and I pray Jesus that River Valley will be worth that it will be cleansed, that it will be Father circumcised on the things that need to be circumcised And I pray, oh Father, purified and sanctified, I pray the Jordans, Father, will be crossed, Red Seas will be crossed, Jericho walls will fall down, bitter waters will change. And I pray, O oh Father, that there would be a transformation in our lives. And you will, Lord, help us to radically reprioritize. And I thank you that this entire nation will be affected by this one church, Lord God. And I pray Europe will be touched by the precious blood of the Lamb. And Lord, I thank you for the greater works, of Father, that you're going to do through the global teams. Glorify your name. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. And all God's saints said, Amen. Amen. Come on, shout a big amen.